survival panic. This would be episode 16. I'm your host, Russ Shaw. You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This would be season three. If you, like a lot of people, find uh, you have a lot of time in your hands, and maybe you've already subscribed to the channel, you're a bit familiar with us, <laughs> come uh, come hang out with us. It's uh, punktheology.net is the website. You can catch us on Facebook at Punk Theology Pub in your Facebook groups. Twitter, it's at Punk Theology Pod on Twitter. And you can watch this episode on YouTube. Punk Theology Podcast is the YouTube channel. Survival Panic is the topic of this episode. A boomer, a millennial, and myself, the Gen Xer, discuss the art of continuing to live, exist, thrive, uh, catch up on TV shows during uh, COVID-19's takeover of spring and possibly summer of 2020. There you go. Welcome to Punk Theology. <laughs> Listeners, you guys, here we are. What week uh, 17? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not keeping track. I lost track. Um, Derek, how you feeling, man? I was thinking about that. Uh, this whole thing, honestly, I'm really split on it. There's a part of me that loves just being super introverted and, and just kind of wallowing around the house, eating shitty food. And part of me that loves how small the circle has gone, where just me and my family are just kind of all existing together, being along pretty well. Uh, and then there's a part of me that just absolutely hates um, all of this. Um, the lack of freedom. Um, honestly, work is by far the worst part. Just sitting there and trying to grind out work in my desk in my basement is just absolutely brutal. Especially compared to what I usually do um, for work. Where I'm out doing stuff and being creative and making stuff. And, right. In the field, right? Yeah, in the field. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm kind of mixed. I keep keep having that moment professionally where some of my coworkers or boss or something ask me how I'm doing. And it's like, well, I could give you a 20-minute spiel on <laughs> how shitty I feel. So I just kind of, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm okay. Um, So yeah, I'm, I don't know. Nobody really wants to know, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I think some people do, but you just, I don't know. There's times in my life where I've been honest with that. and It's just kind of a thing to say. Like I care, kind (laughs) of. People. How are you doing? Or, or, or a big, a big popular one right now is, 
is how are you holding up, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a big one going around. Yeah, and, which is uh, a funny thing to say because that implies shit's bad. Yeah, it also has to do with like social, you know, the, the interesting thing about social time right now, like I saw somebody posted or, or I posted it. I heard a guy talking about it. Like, isn't it, isn't it like the distancing really physical? It's not social distancing. It's physical distancing. But when we social distance, that's sort of what that question is, right? It's kind of a social distancing question. Like, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Well, for me to really unpack that for you is probably going to take, I don't know, 15 minutes, half hour. <laughs> so right. you really want to know we're supposed to be social distancing. Well, I didn't realize how much I enjoy interaction with my customer base, not having that, you know, yeah. I exchange emails, but it's not the same, you know, not seeing them. How you doing? Um, I went, checked in on one group reopened today. It's a construction company they reopened today and I walk in there and one of the gals called me back in her office. She says, Hey, Friday's my last day. I go, what? You know, she's one of the highlights of my week. So I just stopped, go back in her office. I'd sit there and visit with her for five, 10 minutes. Um, and I, I miss that. I miss that face to face, you know, you still social distance or physical distance, but social distance. No, I'm not into that anymore. I just, you know, you got, you got the house. I mean, even when I take the dog for a walk, I find myself talking with other dog walkers just because I need some other stimulation. Yeah. Some other conversation. Yeah, my wife and I went grocery shopping a little bit. My wife's on a doctor, put her on a diet, you know, and they think she might be pre-diabetic. So we've been like eating healthier and we went to PCC in Edmonds. It's kind of like a Whole Foods kind of thing. And, and this dude stops me. I was wearing a Star Wars shirt, you know. And this dude's like, oh, dude, well, we just binge Star Wars, man. <laughs> he, just, he just starts chatting on and I'm sort of shopping and trying to keep my social distance. But, you know, it's, the people are doing that, right? Like you, you show a little bit of friendly and then the guy's like, hey, you know, he wants to unpack freaking Mandalorian for me and shit. <laughs> right there at the, the PCC, you know, amongst the avocados. Yeah, you go to the senior hours at QSC on uh, Evergreen, and they don't want to talk. So I talk to the reg- uh, the checkers, the yeah. one I've known. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just getting the shit handed to them because they're so pissed off. That's the thing that's really you're really beginning to realize is people's anger level or their patience is down and their frustration's up. That's what I'm noticing. I mean, there's things that, like uh, yesterday I was fixing breakfast, and my dog got up on the counter and took the bowl of uh, – mixed you know i had the eggs in there ready to go onto the to the frying pan and she he gets up on the counter and pulls the bowl over i had egg everywhere in the kitchen i stick wait a minute he's six months old you know where'd that come from and it is just this this frustration of being you know uh just kept in place you don't have that interaction you can't go to a bar face to face can't go out to eat well there's you know just economic stress like we don't know what the future looks like yeah in terms of how long this is going to go on and right i think that was my kind of what led into my idea of the of the topic of talking about survival panic um was there's a special type of panic that's happening right now because there's not really a good glimpse of what the next even couple of weeks really looks like. oh uh, we don't, I mean, this thing could take a, 
a, a turn for the good side really quickly, mm -hmm. uh, or it could get way worse really fast, or we could just keep plodding along like we are right now. And all three of those options have really significantly different consequences in terms of what everybody else's life looks like. Um, and, and it's not terribly implausible that things could get really bad. So right. spending some time looking at that. Uh, and, and it's easy for panic to start coming up as you yeah. start thinking about like, oh shit, like this, there's a, there's a good chance that a lot of stuff is just going to start coming apart at the seams. Mm -hmm. And we're just in the real early innings of this thing. Uh, and there's absolutely nothing to be done about it. Not really. No. Um, and so, and, and, and yeah, it's like the closest we've had from for society to a real survival situation for a lot of people. Right. Where they're actually, having to, you know, the preppers were right and they, sh they should have stockpiled food yeah. and they should have, they should have had some fucking savings. Like that's a big one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, there's, and, and so there's this, this panic that rises up, which I think is probably part of that anger and frustration bubbles out in weird ways that you're talking about, Steve. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. And there's a good chance that it's just going to get worse and worse. And there's the worst type of panic is panic where you are totally helpless. It goes back to some of our earlier conversations about powerlessness. Um, and this is kind of a, uh, an ultimate example of, of being powerless in a way that really hurts. Yeah. Like, like it's every, every minute. That's something a, a friend of mine shared on Facebook recently about, it was interesting. He posted uh, someone at medium.com had mm -hmm. um, posted this article about how recovery you know, some of the disciplines in, in 12 step can help with this time, the coronavirus. And I laugh, but it's, it's so true. Like, the, and some of what we talked about, about powerlessness, like that's, that's step one, basically. It's, it's not fight, you know, a lot of this kind of dieting or, you know, motivations to, you know, be better, do better in, in recovery. This first step is to surrender, right? Like you're, you're powerless over, the situation and that's kind of where we're at um you, we you know we don't control this uh, as much as we want to be angry and you know there's all these people who are are protesting despite as one of the states had a spike in in COVID-19 and you know the next weekend a bunch of people out protesting the government you know I saw a funny meme that said uh I missed the part in the zombie movies where the people were protesting the government for their right to be eaten by zombies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, Kentucky and one of the, this one woman who, who started, you know, a month ago or something like that. Some of these protests died from it. Yeah. You know, but we're still, protesting i don't know that's where well, i well it's kind of like that's the judgy part of me like i'm judging everyone else like i'm projecting onto those people who are at the, all the capitol buildings oh my right. like you fucking idiot and that makes me feel better i don't know what that's about that's just i don't know human 
Well, we want to, we want to have, like you just said, though, we want to have control and we want to mm-hmm. like, we want to have our ultimate say of what is good for us. Um, the only difference is this is affecting other people. You know, it's like, it, it's always frustrated me that Washington state has a, has a helmet law. Yeah. I would never ride a bike without a helmet, but I still think you should have that choice to make. And my wife goes, yeah. And then you can go down to Harborview and look in their, their uh, brain injury section. I said, I know, but it's like, what will they end up taking away? You know, can you, will they take away alcohol? Because people are going to start medicating. I mean, start already have alcohol sales are way up. Yeah. You go by the weed stores. That's cool. That's hilarious because they're backed up. They only let X amount of people in. I know right over here, over the hill at the Cushmark, there's usually 10 or 15 people standing outside waiting to get in. Yeah. And I know, I, I think that's part of me too, is I want to do what I want to do. And I hate being told I can't do something, even though it's good for me. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Is I know I've drank a lot more beer and a lot more wine over the last month than I usually do. Survival theory is interesting. Like there's a whole strain of um, evolutionary psychology that has to do with, with uh, survival theory as a concept. Um, as a guy who studied sexually compulsive behavior for over a decade, like there's some really interesting things about our sex lives too. And how, you know, the porn, porn hub again, is shot up, but, uh, but all that goes right back to survival and how we process, how we survive. That's some of where I'm hopeful, you know, that's the optimist in me in this thing is that I think the beauty of this is that some of the stuff that we consciously ignored are coming bubbling to the surface, right? It's almost like the film, the Joker in a way, like the Joker people (laughs) that are out there, you know, what happens when you, you know, you look at the, how many people are on unemployment now? Um, what do we do for those people? We, you know, they're getting paid kind of, right? I mean, we're, they're doing their best, but, um, that survival panic is real. And I hope that history will prove out in how we process this thing. Brene Brown had some, some cool words. I don't have the quote in front of me, but it's sort of like a layer has been ripped off you know, and we're exposing the underbelly of how culture has been, you know, taking advantage of a lot, a lot of the populace for years, you know, the banks, people are mad at their landlord, you know, and they're not paying their, their mortgage. It's not their landlord's fault. The landlord's got bills too. But a lot of this goes back to, you know, these big banks like Bank of America, Citibank, Chase. I mean, they're the ones who we bailed out and hold the purse strings. Um, it's just, it's, it's interesting how, how that will play out over time, the financial aspect to this thing and who will be able to live in their homes and live in their apartments six months from now, you know? It, it has been interesting just seeing how much of our economy is really not very essential. You know, the, the term essential workers come up <laughs> yeah. uh, quite a bit. Uh, but honestly, as you start looking at it, like most of it is not that essential. Yeah. Like people need a place to live. 
and food and water and sanitation and and uh and it's amazing how much you know this kind of forced us all to strip back to just those basic needs uh and it's kind of killing everything because much of everything civilization built is really when you kind of strip it down uh not that not that uh not that essential yeah we value a lot of stupid shit, don't we? Yeah. Like we really we really put our value in stuff that's really not that fucking important. But when it's stripped away, yeah. like, oh my God, like what am I going to do without, you know, my daughter works for a large toy company here in the in the city. And because this toy company um works with target who is quote essential right because they have grocery stores and they sell clothes and stuff um she needs to go to work even though she has she lives with our uh, my in-laws my my wife's mom and dad uh, who are elderly um but despite that she has to work in close contact with other you know workers in a in a warehouse it's kind of fucked up right because because pop figures are super essential they're being like they're being lifted to that place where my daughter has to like okay am i gonna get fired if i don't want to risk coming home every night um and and potentially exposing my you know her grandma and grandpa to a life-threatening illness that's kind of where we're at because because somewhere along the way um these toys have been deemed essential by the powers i did not realize they were essential yeah yeah it's weird i guess some of the even the employees complained um and and wrote the the governor and but they said go back to work i was over at a subcontractor for boeing today and they're they're reopening and they're the owner says everybody's come back to work and a lot of them are having trouble with with child care because child care is not open yet so they're trying to scramble, say, well, what do I do with my, with my kids? Because I can't take childcare, but yet you're mandating that I come back to work. And then they mandate, uh, it's masks are, are uh, mandatory. You know, obviously take them off for, to drink or eat. But I go in there with a mask just because I don't want to. Um, I don't, I, I haven't worn a mask a lot, but I do it into custody because I don't want to offend anybody. And I don't know, obviously, what their policy is until I get in there. Yeah, I'm wearing a mask now just because I think it's respectful to a lot of the retail people, too, yeah. that work in. I mean, they right. feel a lot more comfortable when someone's wearing a mask. Well, I guess Walmart employees are, are have to wear a mask now. Like they yeah, QFC does, too. Mask. Yeah. More and more places won't let you in unless you have a mask. Right. Yeah. Which is and interesting because that's been an Asian culture for... 20 25 years yeah. where stood that if you're not feeling well you just wear a mask mm-hmm. uh, and it was i knew that americans were going to have a hard time with it um but it's actually been interesting to see how fast they've kind of come around um i thought there would be a little bit more resistance than there has been but yeah. uh, i wonder if we'll end up like asian cultures in another year or two where it's just kind of exp- where wearing masks is more common and it's not quite so doesn't make you stand out quite as much. Right. Uh, right. So, so it'll be, yeah. And it's kind of, you know, it's a fashion accessory in Asian cultures. 
And I kind of wonder if that's going to transfer over to the U.S. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think, you know, I got go one, I got one. It's a camo. It's one of those that can double as a hat or a neck warmer or whatever. And I'll be more inclined to wear that. It just, it just, the one I, the one I have is just a medical mask I picked up before this whole thing really hit the pan. And like when I put my glasses on to read or to write anything down, my glasses fog up. And, but no, it, it's, it is something like that. Russ has a great point. It's just a matter of respect and a, and a respect for those that are, that are around you, you know, cause especially at the grocery store, there's so many blind ass corners there in the grocery stores. You know, so I, I call myself now as I come in at the end of an aisle, I stop and kind of just peek around there because who's who's coming around there? You know, they might not have masks and it's spot 50 at QFC over here yeah. on Evergreen. Yeah. All the employees are wearing them, but the, the customers, it's about half and half. You get your badasses to say, I'm not wearing a mask at all. There's no way you're going to get me to. You know, you can just tell they're just in a proud, man. I'm not wearing a mask. Look at me, man. I'm tough. Yeah, it's weird right and that's another thing like you Derek you brought up the American spirit in this whole thing and uh Benjamin and I did a zoom call and, and he was talking about like he says in, in Australia even Australia where you think a bit, you know I don't know I think about this kind of rugged sort of you know outback guy I mean he's kind of yeah. like Australia yeah. Australia is British Texas <laughs> that's right yeah, that's British Texas that's, but that's he says that they still <laughs> tend to trust authority in a way Americans don't yeah. and I think that some of that is our history right like we're a nation birthed out of rebellion and in some of it like how much of it is left over again survival panic because we don't trust our government, you know? I mean, I guess that maybe that's the bad part of having a free press, you know? Because some of these these reporters get behind the scenes and they expose this shit and we're like, what the fuck, you know? How am I supposed to trust my government, you know? And when that's going on. Um, but yeah, the, the American thing about it, and, and Steve, after, after you left the conversation last week, Steve and Chuck and I were talking about some of that, like, it's my it's my choice to not wear a mask or it's my choice to um you know to 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 risk my life but the problem with this disease is that you don't know if you have it right like i had a friend on facebook should i wear a mask and i'm like that's the thing i'm not showing symptoms should i wear a mask well we don't know you could still have the fucking virus and not show symptoms and be spreading the virus that's the weird thing right. about this thing and that's where it's it's being socially irresponsible to kind of, you know, it's a different thing than, than like Dr. Phil talking about, well, swimming pools have killed more people. Well, if swimming pools start, you know, jacking up out of people's backyards and wandering around the streets, spilling massive gallons of water and killing people like that's a different kind of thing. If you kill yourself in a swimming pool, that's your own fault. But if you don't know, Right. Your swimming pool is, is roaming the streets at night. That's a weird analogy, but <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying, right? Like this yeah. is a different kind of yeah. fucking situation. And that's really, it's come up a couple of times, just so anti-libertarian. Yeah. Of, of, of there's, and there's really probably not been a better example, maybe in American history, of, of, a, of a, something that's so anti-libertarian, of like, look, you're going to have to take some responsibility for the people around you. 
strangers that you run into. You're going to kind of be responsible for their lives. And in order for us to make this country like it needs to, you're kind of going to have to give up some of your freedom. Uh, it'd be a little self-sacrificial. I don't know. The Steve, you brought up the guys that are too tough to wear their face masks. And that type of, especially right now, type of fake machismo right now just makes me absolutely furious. Like, like I just sit and and pour bad wishes onto people like that. <laughs> like, God, I, if there's any justice in this world, you will get this fucking disease. And <laughs> I don't know that I wish that you would die, but I do wish you would be really miserable That's for right. like three weeks. Yeah. Like, go right up to the edge, motherfucker. <laughs> you stupid piece of shit. Like, I get yeah. so upset. Um, oh. uh, again, because it's this type of selfishness. Um, that's a good point just just yeah i just and it's it's a type of pretentiousness and elitism um of you know the whole thing of we're all in this together well those guys don't think that they're in it yeah and 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 uh yeah and they're putting other people at risk in order to try and i don't know prove a fucking idealistic point like like they have this idealism in their head and then they've got the reality over here and they're actively threatening the reality and in an attempt to idealism in their head more powerful. And people like that, you know, I'm an engineer. I like pragmatic solutions. I like science. I like things that have to do with the real world. And those type of people just, uh, like, I, I really wish bad things would happen to those people. <laughs> And it's hard for me to feel bad about it. Like, fuck those assholes. I hope right. you, I don't hope you die. I hope you come right up to the edge of death <laughs> right. and have a moment of like, oh shit, I'm a fucking asshole. Like, yeah. what the hell is wrong with you? Well, that might happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's, that's why those stories of that happening to people are so sweet. <laughs> like, it's a horrible thing. But I sit and read those stories and I'm filled with Shenda Freud of just like, oh, thank God that asshole had a moment where they figured out that now, they... See, I'm, not, I'm not that way um, because I got friends at both ways. I got one friend that he hopes that, that Trump is one of those kind of guys. Yeah, we're not that I can't. And I got other guys that say, God, I wish that Pelosi wouldn't even... Not only would she come up to the line, but she would jump over the line, you know, and off the cliff. And I said, I can't do that. Uh, and that's just, that's where I am. Um, I just got, still have compassion. Um, yeah, they're stupid. But there again, you know, and then again, that's just me. I can't, I totally understand that. Because there are people out there, I'll see them, I go, oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not going to go there. I, I refuse to go there. But. I, I totally get it because I do have those thoughts. Yeah. I, just won't, I just won't chase them. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the, that's the hard thing about being in a world with people that I mean, eventually the authority has to do it, right? Like Costco has to tell people, "Sorry, you don't have a mask, you can't come in." And you know, people are going to freak out. Like, there's going to be that guy. He's like, yeah. "I'm quitting Costco." <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, that's your yeah, good luck getting your shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hilarious because we ordered uh, we ordered Domino's pizza last week, and they say don't open the door until you see that driver back in his car and drive away. Like, you know, 
so that and that's the other fear is what are the what's of the information like i hear one side it's it's really difficult to catch it outdoors that that the sun and the warmth are destroying it in minutes as opposed to hours but i think i don't know it's like and it's the guys you see driving around with the masks in their car by themselves too it's like okay you wear suspenders and a belt don't you buddy you know but yeah it's 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 just strange and and what i'm trying to do is like understand people are where they are and i don't know how they got there i'm not there but maybe i need to get there you know maybe i need to be more that way and just talking to you two i do i need i need to start wearing my mask more often especially in the grocery store because there's a lot of vulnerable people they're going to the pharmacy you know it's like your like our friend leo you know, towards the end of his life, he was over at the pharmacy picking up. His, this would have killed him yeah. before oh, yeah. the cancer did. Yeah. And you don't know. That's the thing, I guess, that I'm trying to understand through all this is you don't know what, you know, you don't know. Are they, they might not have a job at all now. They might, well, they might be just not income. very smart. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Um, but at the same time, uh, I wanted to go back to, I, I guess this meeting is going to end in like seven minutes because I didn't upgrade to pro on Zoom. No, what is that about? Because I'm, I'm going to do it with some buddies. You have 44 free minutes with a group of one to 100? Yeah. Uh, and recording. I don't know if it's just recording, but. So how much is it to upgrade to pro? 15 bucks a month. I don't know. But anyway. Right, quick. Sorry. So. One of the things, I, I was listening to Jewel, of all people, <laughs> and she had a song called Gratitude that was just about made me cry, you know, dealing with some of this stuff. Um, but what she said, like, she's gone through some shit, too. Like, she was homeless for a while. Um, she's dealt with a lot of uh, struggles in her life. She's one that. of the kilters from uh, Alaska, The Last Frontier. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah show she, on, uh, she talked about that, like, being used to yeah. isolationism and living in Alaska. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that stuck with me is she was talking about panic and how dilated and, and undilated, like when you're having a panic attack. And she said she used to have like numerous panic attacks and she likened it to, to being like, like having everything just squeezed down into this place and, and Holy shit. Like I can't, you know, everything's coming down and caving in on me emotionally. And having the wherewithal to to realize she's in that place and to breathe, you know, just a deep breath and then start thinking on these thoughts of what are the good parts of this? Like, um, this is the longest time I've had off in a decades uh, as far as work is concerned. I've always been a worker bee and keeping the bills paid and, you know, wanting to do stuff or buy things. So I've always... I've been working and and so I'm I've had to you know having her hearing that from her it's like something I already know but was reminded of <laughs> which is was pretty beautiful because I'm like okay um I get to go for a walk right like I get to work in my yard I get to spend time with my my pets my wife um sex we've had you know a lot more sex lately which has been great uh these these things that our minds don't tend to, and part of it, you know, we've talked about that on the show some, like evolutionary biology, we tend to focus on the, the negative shit first. And that, like that 
that's a natural thing I think to just dial in, hone in because we got to survive. We got to get through this adrenaline, you know, shortness of breath. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Have you guys had any worked on any tools or had any way of, or, or have you had that kind of panic feeling that circle kind of pull in on you, so to speak? Yeah, I think it, for me, this goes back to my life is, that, is, the, is, the, is the relationships that I have, both at Port Gardner with you guys, um, with my customer base that I don't have right now. You know, uh, exchange emails. I swing by uh, Don's place a couple, just freaked him out that I showed up. I go, sorry, dude, I had to see somebody in person. Yeah. And he goes, okay, he's a six feet, man. I go, no worries. <laughs> so we just chatted out in his alley. You know, we were outside out in the back in his alley of his, of his house. And we just chatted and he says, how you doing? I go, well, there, I had good and bad days. You know, that's what I miss. That's that circle I feel enclosed that I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. And the social cues are different doing this even, you know? Yeah. Like, I miss having, being in the room with you guys. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of cool to go to Derek's and hang, hang out, sit at the yep. table, put our feet up, you know? Yeah. And B, the energy is just different, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. So how are you feeling, Derek? I'm all right. Any dilation have you had to? I'm trying to think about your question about panic. I was most panic right at the beginning of this. Um, I started staying in February because um, I wasn't feeling great it turned out it was just allergies uh, and i could kind of tell just by extrapolating it that shit was about to get bad um and i and i got panicky uh, i was taking my temperature like 10 times a day i misha bought an oximeter to keep track of my uh my uh, uh oxygen levels in my blood so i was using that um there's a poly i don't know 10 different times where I was, you know, woke up in the middle of the night and was sure that I had it. Um, and that lasted probably about three weeks. Uh, it helped a lot when, when everything shut down and our exposure went down because it was really high. Between my kids being in school, Misha being in school, and then me being at work where I've, I'm just meeting with different people constantly. Yeah. Um, my exposure was incredibly high. Uh, and we didn't know anything about the virus. There is, like you were saying earlier, Steve, there was just so much conflicting data. And there still is, but it's way better than it was. Yeah. Like exactly. when this first came out, nobody knew no. anything. Yeah. No. Nothing. Um, and and I think after that, for about a month, uh, I kind of just zoned out. Like I think I needed to take some time and just, I would just do my work that I needed to do for work. And then the rest of the time I would, you know, just binge watch shows and, and try and be as least present in my head as I possibly could. Uh, there's the whole analogy of leaning in and leaning out or leaning back. And I spent the whole month pretty much just leaning back. Like, I don't, yeah, I, uh, I took a week of vacation a month ago and I spent basically the whole week super high, uh, which I'd never done before. 
it was actually great. I found a really nice strain of weed that I really like. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where I went for a while. And probably, I don't know, six days ago, I came to a point where I was ready to kind of start leaning back in again. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Um, going for a walk tonight. Was that, is that something helpful that you're doing? We're going to run out of time. Well, I've still been, I've been, even when I was leaning out, I was still walking, walking's. Yeah. There's a couple of things that I'd probably lose my shit if I wasn't able to do. And walking's one of them. Yep. Mm. Me too. Especially we're so lucky this didn't happen. November. God. Yes. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Yeah, we got cut off by Zoom, man. <laughs> come on, Zoom. They do that. 40 minutes was up. Uh, hey, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. And uh, we're going to extend this conversation into the next episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye. Let's listen now to a commercial for McPeter's Funeral Parlor. Your loved ones can receive no finer care than that offered by McFuneral's Peter Parlor. That's a huge bitch! Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't kick it out! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player now.